Pro football player Travis Kelsey is pressed for time during the football season. So he does two things at once. Whether it's grilling while mowing. Two things at once! Or getting this season's updated COVID-19 shot at the same visit as his flu shot. Two things at once. You can be like Travis and ask your pharmacist about getting this season's COVID-19 shot at the same visit as your flu shot, if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Learn more and schedule at VaxAssist.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. What's it going to be today? Skyline three-way or cheese conies? Hmm, that's a tough one. I know. Give me a Skyline three-way and cheese conies. Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. You are now listening to the Going Deep Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt, live from the Cover One Sports Network. Here we go. You are now listening to the Going Deep Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt, live from the Cover One Sports Network. Here we go. Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Misery, here with Mike Bunt, brought to you by Sons of Erie. We have a great draft edition. We're going to go through some receivers, some linebackers, a couple other position groups. I want to talk about a few tackles, and uh, we're definitely going to break down a few things for you coming right up right after this. Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep. To me, talking about the Bills, what else would you rather be doing? We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. Slings it deep downfield, Right now, I just want to talk about this championship level. I've never had a championship caliber team to talk about. I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop. It is finally draft season. It's also Sabres on the brink of the playoff slash elimination, actually, in the elimination game. So we appreciate everybody tuning into the Going Deep podcast today on a getting warmer April 4th, Tuesday. And we're just a couple days away from being three weeks away from the NFL draft, which it's, it's time. It's time to focus in on the draft prospects. We've talked a lot about veteran wide receivers on this show. I do believe there's going to be some action in that market in three weeks. I really do. I think there's going to be some names traded. Will we see Jerry Judy traded? Will we see the final destination for DeAndre Hopkins cut or released? Um, will we see what happens with Derrick Henry? There could be some offensive players on the move uh, in the next couple of weeks. So that is also something to keep an eye on. But the Bills have a draft to prepare for as we're getting into the crunch time now and everyone's doing their mock drafts or simulators. It's this tis the season to be jolly, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. You can finally see some spring here in Western New York, which is nice. Uh, finally getting above 50 degrees. There's a 70 degree day coming soon. So uh, draft almost here, Kev. We have a lot to talk about in the next three weeks. We've uh, covered uh, 
uh, what we wanted the Bills to do in free agency. We've had a few weeks to talk about their recent additions, and now it's time to talk about how are they going to put the final touches uh, on this uh, offseason with the draft coming up shortly. It is. It's this. This is this is a big draft for the team. They need to hit it. This needs to be similar to Kansas City's draft last year, where you're hitting on prospects. They're getting a good amount of playing time. But let's start first on the offensive side of the ball. One of our favorite positions on the Going Deep podcast, through and through the receiver room. We do believe that there is one opening, one big opening left on the roster. You have guys like Hardy replacing Isaiah McKenzie. You have Sherfield replacing Jake Kumaro. You also, I mean, you're still bringing back Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, and Khalil Shakir. There's your five, pretty entrenched. Something with crazy would have to happen for any of that to change. But I do think you still have one available and opening right on the roster for 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 premier playing time. Obviously, you have Gabe Davis potentially moving on after the season. If he plays really well, he's going to price himself out of Buffalo. If he doesn't play well at all, will he return in that case either? I'm not sure. But then you have also Sherfield on a one-year deal. So there's definitely some movement that's needed at the receiver room. So I think it's a big one. I think that the Bills take a receiver top 60. I'm pretty established, and I'm pretty sure about that, Mike. What are your opinions on that? I think that would make sense, all things considered. Uh, one thing that could take them out of that is if there was an unlikely signing of OBJ or if the Bills did pull the trigger on a trade for DeAndre Hopkins and give up draft assets for that. But – Assuming those two things don't happen, which at this moment I wouldn't bet on either happening, um, things can change between now and the draft. Uh, I, I would think that drafting someone in the top 60 uh, would make sense. Uh, I think we've narrowed down the guys in the first round that we really believe would be their most realistic targets. If they don't go receiver day one, that's when it gets a little bit trickier. Uh, day two, who are the guys they could target? Um, in the second or third round, uh, more variety there overall. But uh, it's definitely a position that there are guys that would fit what the Bills are looking to add overall. I know some people have said this isn't a great wide receiver draft and maybe it doesn't compare to recent years that strong. But as I've said on the show um, in the past couple months, even a bad wide receiver draft in – these times is far and above what you would see 10, 20 years ago on a yearly basis. So uh, there, there's plenty of guys that you can pick from in this class that could be, uh, I wouldn't say stars or impact players right away, but guys that could definitely hit the field and uh, contribute for this team. Mike, what are, what's your opinion on, I want to start it kind of in a crazier scenario. What's your opinion on trading up? There are four to me, four, receiver ones receivers that will get a lot of playing time that might be on the top of people's boards. JSN, obviously you have Quentin Johnston. You also have Zay flowers and Jordan Addison, who the bills have now going to visit with the third time. Uh, so they're, they're clearly very interested in Jordan Addison. Getting, so I don't know that any of the four will be there at 27. What's your opinion on coming up, even if it's five to seven slots in order to secure one of the top receivers in this draft, what do you feel about getting one of those last of the maybe round one grades? So I am of the opinion, this might be a cop out to you. I don't care if the bills trade up or if they trade down um, it, at the current moment regard. It, it just kind of depends on what their plan is overall. So if their plan is we want a Jackson Smith and Jigba, 
or we want a Zay Flowers, and they know that they have to get to the top 20 to, to do so. And they still feel fairly certain that they could somehow keep their second-round pick and, and get one of the remaining linebackers. I'm okay with with making that move. The You look at the rest of the Bills roster, it pretty much is what it is. Um, the number of draft picks the Bills have really isn't the important thing right now. It's adding guys that you know can contribute and make an impact on this roster. So I'm okay with uh, trading up if, like I said, if it's for Jackson Smith and Jigba or uh, Zay Flowers. Smith and Jigba might be too high for them to get to that point if he ends up going top 15. Zay Flowers definitely feels like it's more realistic. A Jordan Addison, we never know because obviously it's all just smoke out there. Some people believe he might be able to fall to 27 to the Bills at this point. If if Addison is similarly graded to what you have a Flowers or Jackson Smith and Jigba, you might be fine just sitting at 27 depending on how things shake out. And obviously Josh Downs is another guy that uh, people – like around the Bills. So if, if the Bills are high on him, they could stay at where they're at currently as well. So I'm not opposed to the idea, Kev, but it really has to be for a, a select few of those guys. Otherwise, I, I would wait it out uh, until you really had to make a move at that point. Yeah. So if you look through what I perceive to be the tiers and the tier one to, I mean, I've seen Quentin Johnston like top five on people's boards on actual experts slash draft scouts, people who've had positions of GM in this league had Quentin Johnston as a top five player. Uh, so that's interesting to me. I don't know why he isn't like the receiver one on most boards. I think he should be. I think he is that talented. He runs the entire route tree. Um, yeah, but I think you know, we know why he, he, played at, he played at TCU. It, it, he's yeah. under the radar. He doesn't. He didn't get the attention throughout the year that some of these other guys have. We knew who Jordan Addison was. He was a Belintikoff, I think, winner at Pitt. Was a highly touted transfer to USC. We knew about Jackson Smith and Jigba. He had one of the best Rose Bowl uh, performances of all time. And so Zay Flowers might have would be the under the radar guy at Boston college, but it's almost like he's gotten to the point where he was so under the radar that now it's the opposite where he's the guy that's getting all the hype. Quinton Johnson has just been that guy that steady people think he's great. And you really don't talk about him because of that. I think what's, really cool about this draft class is that people might rank these guys a little bit differently. And that's what makes it time for you to be able to scoop up who might be your receiver one. I think that that's something that I've talked about a lot extensively over the past couple of weeks is that yes, Quentin Johnston might get that little bit. Well, I think I can trust Jackson Smith and Jigga more. Well, maybe I like some traits of Jalen Hyatt. Maybe Josh Downs has done enough in this pre-draft process to put, to push himself up into the top five. Well, Zay Flowers is just going to do it all jitterbug that can do anything elite combination of speed and acceleration. Maybe, maybe he's my guy. Well, Jordan Addison's produced at the highest level, as you just mentioned, as a prototypical slot player. Um, so you can, I mean, and then you have Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell, who just is ridiculously talented, but will his size hamper where he gets drafted? Will he go super late? Will he go first round? Uh, he could go anywhere in between. So, um, I think that there's a, a litany of ways that this, this thing can go for you. And what's 
the best is that you could have your perceived top receiver come the middle, you know, middle of the first round, getting toward 20, 22. You watching him like, okay, maybe he's going to have a chance at this guy. Let's just say it's Jordan Addison for this this specific discussion. And it could be even Jordan Addison. They want an alpha slot. They want somebody that can that can win at the line of scrimmage that can take heat off of Josh Allen early on. I think that he would be a, a great target for the Bills. And, you know, you're sitting there at 22. Like, can you wait it out to 27? Maybe, but it might make more sense to come up starting to get in the range of how much are you willing to trade to get your receiver one? If you told me that just say Jordan Addison's the Bills receiver one, he's on the board at 22. I would want the Bills to go get their receiver one, even if he's the third or fourth receiver off the board. I don't really care if he is if he is that high. He's a receiver one. He You got him graded as one of the best uh, receivers in the draft, if not the best. I want you to be aggressive for it because I do believe that that's what Josh Allen needs is a final piece of a puzzle that can be locked up for four to five years for and then you know, the fifth-year option. So that's my idea. I really like what I see from Addison. He is just elite in many ways. He didn't have the world's best testing which is good and bad. It's good because, you know, you might have a realistic shot at him now, you know, is it, is it bad? Is it, is it indicative of who he might be? No, I don't, I don't, I love testing. I love Raz. I love a lot of that stuff. Most people know that, but he has an elite athletic ability, really good, deep speed, cutting ability, reliable hands, really tough. You know, he's constantly putting up numbers at the collegiate level. He's got that body control, does a nice job locating deep passes, legitimate vertical threat, and he's slippery with elusive footwork and an elite technician. So to me, those are all the things you're looking for, comps to like a Devontae Smith. And to me, that would be a nice missing piece to this offense, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what the Bills need. The Bills need to have... Uh, that next guy, that next weapon to add to uh, the receiving core. Obviously, they brought in some talented guys through free agency that we have some hope for that might be decent contributors. But really, when you look at what you said, the Gabe Davis situation, if he ends up having a tremendous year, are the Bills going to give him uh, the money that he wants? If he ends up struggling, you'll have a clear need uh, at wide receiver. What's going to happen with Stephon Diggs as time goes on? Is he going to be content with staying in Buffalo. I know obviously last year he signed the extension, but um, there are some signs that could lead to some concern about his long-term future. I'm not at that point yet where uh, I don't think he'll be moving or anything. I I think he's going to be in Buffalo for a good amount of time moving forward. uh, And I'm not worried about the cryptic tweets and what everybody gets involved with, but wide receiver is a position that's going to have to be addressed because Diggs is going to be on the wrong side of 30 coming up soon. Uh, you don't know what the future is with uh, Davis. Is Shakir going to develop? We'll have to see how that goes this season. So it, it does make sense to invest highly in a guy like that. I think Addison would come in right away and be a solid player for the Bills. If if it's not Addison, Zay Flowers would be absolutely dynamic uh, for the Bills as well, would fit in perfectly uh, as a weapon for Josh Allen. Like I said, Josh Downs is a guy that some people compared to Cole Beasley in the way that he runs routes. I think we would all agree that uh, the Bills could certainly use uh, a player with that skill set on this team, especially for Josh Allen, who significantly lacked that last year in this offense. So uh, it it does make sense to to take uh, an investment at wide receiver day one. And 
that's obvious. That's my preference right now, Kev. I know some people will say that's falling for the the skill positions, the sexy picks, and stuff like that. And I, I know I'm a sucker in this, Kev. But it really, when I evaluate it compared to the other options, linebacker or offensive line, I just don't know uh, how those positions really stack up at pick 27 overall. When you're talking about a Jack Campbell or some of the other linebackers that are on the board at that point, they're really not first round caliber guys. And I feel like that would be a reach. And if you're looking at offensive line, yes, you have Darnell Wright. um, But then you have the whole dilemma with Spencer Brown. And do you move on from him? Do you give up on him this quickly? So the, the wide receiver is the simplest. If you have a guy, you know there's two or three guys that have that value right where you're picking. It does make sense. I'm not saying it'll happen, but it does make sense. Yeah, I'm just sick of relying. Like, this is a team that's ready to win now. I'm sick of relying on third and fourth round players. I'm, I, you know, like, sure, you could hit it out of the park. You, you've hit before. You got a little bit of value out of Singletary. You've definitely hit in Dawson Knox. You can you can hit in that third round range, sure. You can hit in the late third, late fourth. You got Gabe Davis. So, you know, you got Khalil Shakir in the fifth. So, at some point, like, sure, there's some credence to, like, let's wait it out fourth. I like this this guy that's always available. It could be any of the receivers we've talked about. It could be a Michael Wilson. It could be uh, – it doesn't really matter who you're talking about here. This, this goes for – it's more of a blanket statement. Get him an elite player at, at a position that that could really benefit this offense. I'm sick of, like, saying, like, oh, well, he might be good. Like, you know, let's – let's. I think I like a little bit of his film. To me, it's get the best possible players for Josh Allen early on and win that way. Build the trenches – in the middle rounds, defense, offensive and defensive, get your Jack Campbell, Trenton Simpson, you know, Drew Sanders more in the second round. I think you're okay to your point, Mike, about reaching on Jack Campbell. That's a perfect round to go ahead and, and select a linebacker in the second round. But get that elite playmaker that you've seen, the Devontae Smiths of the world. You want a lot. You know, no one's saying to trade up to four to get Sammy Watkins. It's we're saying here to make sure you select toward the top of these tiers to mitigate the risk of missing on a player. The Bills could insert a five-year receiver right now today to this offense if they hit this pick. I don't want to take more risks as you go to the second round. Take more risk as you go to the third round. Take more risk as you go to the fifth and sixth round. Those guys might not make the team. So realistically, like we have some of that mid-tier talent. You have Khalil Shakir. You have Churfield. You have Hardy. Like we have a good basis to have those fourth and fifth round picks. To me, I need to take a step and select a player who I think might have elite skill set, who might have a, 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 a smaller chance to bust. That's the way I look at this receiver room. I think everything else can go linebacker. Then you can go DT. Then you can go OT. I just personally think the team likes Spencer Brown more than the average fan. I really do believe that. I don't. While many kids are making their holiday wish lists, the patients at Nationwide Children's Hospital are simply wishing they could be home. But you have the power to make their stay a little brighter. The moment you make a donation, the butterflies on the lawn at Nationwide Children's light up for our patients to see. And that gift brings joy, funds research, and the world's finest care. Please, light up the lawn, light up a life. Give now at nationwidechildrens.org give. What's it going to be today? Skyline three-way or cheese conies? Hmm, that's a tough one. 
I know. Give me a Skyline three-way and cheese conies. Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time think that we're in any mindset to draft a receiver or excuse me a tackle at 27 and have him in a full-out competition with Spencer Brown and have people competing and complaining about we don't play draft picks well yeah because we're picking players uh that may compete with a a, a traditional starter that we like there so I think the the better move to me is insert a plug-and-play day one slot starting receiver in, in in Addison, in a Josh Downs, in a Zay Flowers that can do everything for your offense rather than, well, you know, we think he'll be good. I, I just I, – I think I've watched some Tennessee tape and think their tackle's good. Like, like yes, Darnell Wright has a, has a chance to be a good football player in this league. A, if, if, it's, a, if it's a smaller chance and, or a larger chance than we think, he'll be gone at 27. He's not just there at 27 as a shoe win day one right tackle. You know, there's some question marks there, but if he is selected earlier, that would make me feel like he is going to be a shoe in right tackle. I just personally think that they like, it's not, not me. I personally think they like the right tackle situation. They obviously have a left tackle. Um, so to me, I I'm going out and I'm selecting the receiver. Interesting in this topic though, Mike is tight end. And there's a lot of them. It's one of the best tight end year, uh, years ever. I've heard a lot about maybe Darnell Washington at 27. Let's run the ball more. You know, let's get another tight end blocker in there that can help out Spencer Brown. I don't know that that's worth the 27th overall pick. I'm more in the mold of get another good receiving threat, another athletic freak who can do everything in the mid round. That is a position because you have a starter that I'm thinking of the mid rounds for. What was your opinion on tackling tight end two? Tight ends that should be available in the mid rounds this year as well. So that's another reason why I don't think you need to take a, a tight end at 27. I know there's some good top end talent. I just don't think it's necessary right now, especially with how the bills use tight end in their offense. And you already have Dawson Knox signed to a a long-term contract. Wide receiver just makes more sense to me. And I I'm open to listening to other positions. I'm not anti Darnell, Wright. If the bills end up taking a guy like right at 27, I will accept the move because I will know that they plan on him being the right tackle and that he will play a significant role in protecting Josh Allen going forward. If the Bills went a Jack Campbell or if they went with one of the other talented uh, linebackers like a Drew Sanders, I, would, I wouldn't know if I agree on the value, but I would understand they're trying to uh, plug a hole. I just think it's important that when we look at how uh, general managers – address the first round in the NFL draft, they're looking to get high ceiling players. They're not trying to make a safe pick in the first round. They're trying to go after maximum upside. And I know some people can say, well, pick 27, it's not the same as picking in the top 10. You're not guaranteed to have a guy that's going to come in and be an instant Pro Bowl caliber player or instant playmaker overall. But still, If you know that you have guys graded in the second round and you have a selection of two or three linebackers that you feel like you might be okay with, why reach for the slight um, increase in ability? These are just hypothetical numbers. But if you have Jack Campbell as an 8 out of 10 and you have um, another linebacker in your class as a a 7.7, is it worth reaching in the first round? For that player over another player that you do have an equally high first round grade on. Um, 
it, it, it's not. You you take the value. You you end up taking a slightly lesser linebacker later on, but you got the high skill player that you needed in your first round. Value wise, you went out in that scenario. So, I I'm, I'm not going to say the Bills are going to draft a wide receiver, but to me, it makes uh, the most sense at this time. Uh, and there's a couple other positions we'll we'll get to later on the show too, Kev. Um, we're not against D line. Uh, we're not against uh, addressing this team in some other ways. Uh, as well, but uh, I'm I'm not sold on on these linebackers in the first round. And if we remember during the drought, one of the biggest reasons why the Bills struggled for so long was that they drafted based on positional need. You don't get better drafting for need unless it's there's a star quarterback and it just so happens to, to fit. You draft best players available, the guys that have the highest ceiling. The Bills did it last year. Think of what you want about Terrell Bernard. They would they they thought he was the best player on the board for them. They did it with in, in a year coming in with they thought they had Jamison Crowder and a buzzing Gabe Davis. They still took Shakir. They took James Cook um, in a room that was fairly full at the time. So they definitely take a lot of high upside players. And I really think that tight end is one that you can get in the later rounds. That's now that's where I'm going to flip from receiver where you can, you know, you have Michael Mayer, you have Kincaid, Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave, you have strange Laporta, Tucker craft, Schoonmaker. You have just a, a couple of really Zach Coons. So you have a couple of really good names that you're going to have the option to select one of them uh, later on in the draft. So to me, um, I really like, the ability to score that tight end in the third and fourth round. And I think that's where the bills are going to add to that room. They definitely need a tight end too in the system. I think that's a good place to do it with this high upside draft. Um, receiver to me is, is, is as close to a lock as possible unless they, unless they feel that they can get one in the second. For some reason, I do need one in the top 60 though. I'm sick of getting the 10th best option you know, that, you know, hoping a guy falls as a 12th receiver because he had a bad combine a la Gabe Davis, you know, you have Isaiah Hodgins who took forever to kind of develop in New York. Now you have the ability to go get a top guy. So we do have to talk a little bit about tackle, Mike. I just want to say, I just want to finish off that point though. I do think Brandon Bean realizes that as well. The based on the amount of visits with Jordan Addison, based on the fact that uh, Brian Bean was at Zay Flowers uh, pro day at Boston college. I think, I know a lot of people fall victim to, well, this is what the GM said. This is what he's done in the past. So this is what he's always going to do going forward. I don't believe that's the case with Brandon Bean. I don't believe that's the case with Sean McDermott. I believe that they look at situations and they try to make smart, informed decisions based on the evidence presented in front of them. When Josh Allen first came here, it was evident in 2018, we did not have a good receiving core. We left him out to dry. So what do they do? They bring in guys like Cole Beasley, John Brown. They wanted him to be surrounded by veterans that could teach him, that could help him. Then they go after, they make the splash move for Stephon Diggs. That's the first superstar. Now you look at everything with this team, what makes the most sense? Not spending money on free agent receivers. I'm talking the big receivers, not, not guys like they brought in um, that are, you're going to overpay for, that you can't fit in the cap. If you're going to trade for someone, it better be a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. But if you don't make that move, now is the time where you start reinvesting in your receivers, 
by getting guys on rookie deals that have high upside that will help you be able to invest in other positions as time goes on. So I think this is the time, Kev. Um, it's going to be this year or next year where they start putting money uh, in draft assets to improve the receiving core. I think that people have this notion of like they need to get an offensive lineman and the depth is, is bad. They, they just completely upgraded their interior depth all off season, no matter what we think of it, the Edwards, the Edwards deal, the McGovern deal, you know, they have Bates and they still have Tommy Doyle coming back is, is, you know, I've been told he's a guard now. So they have a ton of talent in the interior of this offense. And First and foremost, I'm completely ruling out interior. That was a top need. I think they did enough to not need that be in the top two rounds. Tackle now. You have a, a left tackle making a ton of money who's your franchise left tackle. And you have a right tackle making like $1.1 million, who they really like. They love his athleticism. I've, you know, offensive linemen have told me they like to play next to Spencer Brown. He's going to continue to develop. He played off of a debilitating back injury that he shouldn't have played with. And they signed the veteran swing tackle in David Quesenberry. Yes, you could have an elite, elite right tackle there, but at what cost? It's still, to me, a pretty solid tackle group that I will think they'll add the final offensive lineman to in this draft. I just don't see it in the top 60 picks. That's all I'm saying here. I do believe that it could use uh, a talent influx to put one more young player in the system. To me, you look at, you can do this at any position group. Well, you can just grab uh, Mingo and Tillman and Mims at any point. Like, sure, but you can do that at any position. What? Why is that different than being able to grab Bergeron or being able to grab a tackle just like you can? Like, I don't understand the difference. You can, you can grab, you know, whatever tackle might might tickle your fancy it, where's Anton Harrison gonna go where's Dewan Jones gonna go where's Jalen Duncan Cody Mock Brett Blake Freeland there's a bunch of players there you can do the same thing at the offensive tackle position the only difference is I want to guarantee the top flight receiver in the first round so that's to me that's important to me. You don't know what's going to happen down the road with Diggs and Diggs' contract. You don't know if you're going to sign Davis. You already know that Sherfield's gone. You don't know if you're going to even bring back Hardy next year. You know, you have basically Shakir left out of that unit. So to me, I need to secure a top option to continue to get this offense going. That's why you can do this at any position group. Well, yeah, you but take this like a lot. People love the second round because you're trying to get somebody that's ranked high to fall. That's why people love the second round so much because you, 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 you hang on to the second round. Like, well, I can get Josh Downs in the second. Well, I mean, maybe, but you're just kind of guessing at who's going to fall from these groups. And that's always fun to grab a faller. Well, maybe that player fell for a reason. So it's always not the, the world's best philosophy to just rely on a faller, go out and get your guy. You have him ranked at 27 for a reason and maybe even higher. So go out and get him. So that's why I I feel like at this position and where it needs to go and how expensive receiver is. Look, Odell Beckham's still holding out for $15 million at some point. And then the whole hang up with Hopkins has to do with his money and contract because they've earned it. At some point, you can go get a $2 million receiver to be in your offense for four seasons before the fifth year option kicks in. It's a really important position to hold the fifth year option at. I think it's time that they that they select one to add into the influx into this. You don't send Brian Gain to Boston College for fun. Uh, he's there to scout one specific player to get the receiver room right, to rank their board properly and get it done. 
So I think that that's my opinion. You can always hit on mid round guys in any position though. Like there's definitely, you know, we hear it all the time with running back, even though running back's a lot stronger in the second round than it is the fifth. You can, you can, you can score running back in any round, but your odds are better at the top of the second round statistically at scoring a running back. It just is. So I think that that still holds true to me and the influx of talented receivers in this league that have hit um, the majority in the middle of the first round and, you know, into the second, but at some point that talent falls off and you're kind of just guessing. So I want to make sure I take a receiver out of this. I want to make sure I take a mid tier tight end out of this. Now, Mike, it's time to talk a little bit more about tackle before we flip to the defensive side of the ball. What's your philosophy right now and where you want to select the tackle? Obviously, you know, whatever round makes sense, we get it. But do you like a certain player in this? Do you think do you follow my idea that Darnell Wright would come in and have to compete with Spencer Brown and thus increasing the odds of this chatter that we don't play rookies? Do you like Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse, who's just a stud, potential stud in the second round? We want to hold off a little bit for like a TJ Bass from Oregon. Like, just, I guess, which, what do you want to do to kind of shore up this offensive line? So first off, I'm not against, like I said, taking Darnell right. If the Bills take him, fine. You have a new starter at right tackle, go forward like that. I don't think that's the way the Bills are going to go. Uh, as far as where to take a tackle in this draft, uh, if they do choose to take one, um, there are some good guys in the second round. They could get one day two. Um, that could be competition for Spencer Brown. Now, I'm not against that. If you if you got someone in the second round and they end up competing with Spencer Brown in camp and they win the job, more power to you. Um, you, you found a way to address the line. You didn't. You still got your first round caliber guy uh, at linebacker, sure. wide receiver, whatever. And then you still got a starter out of the second round for your line. So I'm, I'm okay with that. But I, I want to mention something about this offensive line. People act like they're just absolutely horrendous. I, I just don't agree with that, Kev. We've gone over some of the numbers. Did Were they poor last year? Yes, they, they did not have a great season by any statistical means. But – I think the way they struggled in the, the big moment against Cincinnati led us to having a larger emphasis um, on it than uh, what it, it really needed to be. Uh, we went into the offseason saying they need to find a way to upgrade a, a few positions. They had to address left guard with Saffold, and they did. And they brought in two guys with previous starting experience to take over. Uh, you already have Deion Dawkins, who is a good left tackle in this league. You have Mitch Morse, who's a good center. And unless something drastically changed, I think most fans were um, wanted Ryan Bates to remain part of the team after his stint uh, at the end of the 2021 um, season. So really, the, the, the only two spots that could be changed was left guard, right tackle. I don't think they're ready to move on from Spencer Brown. You've said as much as well. So Really, at this point, I think you're drafting for competition uh, at some point day two. Uh, that's when I think it comes into play. And I'm okay with some of the names. Bergeron, as you mentioned, uh, is a guy that definitely could be uh, in the in the mix. There's some guys that you're looking at maybe more third round uh, caliber. And if that if they ended up Bill's doing a, a combination of wide receiver round one, linebacker round two, right tackle round three. I'd be perfectly content with that. I don't want to pretend to guess who it's going to be if they do go that route, but um, it, it's obviously a position where they can upgrade. How much did the injuries play a role in 
uh, Spencer Brown's struggles last year. I'm, I'm willing to bet a little, at least a little bit. I mean, he was definitely uh, a, a detriment. He, he struggled mightily for the Bills last year. So uh, do they need to get better at right tackle? Yes. Do they need to give his job away right now? No. But do they need some competition in case he doesn't live up to uh, expectations once again? Yes. So that, that's where I'm at, Kev. Uh, I'm not ready to move on from Brown, but I'm also not ready to just ride and die with him for another season. I agree. And offensive line agrees. Aaron Cromer agrees. I've done some research into this. I've talked to people who know the offensive line well, who know who plays on the offensive line well. And they've been told that they expect Spencer Brown to be the starting right tackle. Brandon Bean could have different ideas come, you know, three weeks from Thursday. You know, if Wright is sitting there, he is growing on boards. He is sitting probably. That, that's the funny part about Darnell, right? I also don't think he's there. I'm also not convinced he's even there to be You're in the probably he's right. just He's just as likely to not be there as these receivers we're talking about. Or um, Dijon Robinson, like the, he's probably not there. If he's this entrenched starting right tackle, there's zero way the reason he's slashing till 27th overall. He's gone in the top 20 with his running mates of Paris Johnson and Peter Skronsky and Broderick Jones and Darnell Wright. Those four are almost gone for sure for me. Sure. So if one of those four do fall, okay, like we can open up the door because I think that those are elite level one tackles. But as you start to go down a little bit into the Anton Harrison, Zawan Jones, Jalen Duncan, Matt Bergeron, Cody Mox of the world, I'm feeling more like I want to wait on it. I'm feeling more like that tier to your scenario, I'd rather see what happens in that scenario. The only problem with the tackle scenario, Mike, is you need to, the, the, that's where I have pegged linebacker right now. That is exactly where I peg line. I like your idea. I think that's a good place to select one, but I'm thinking more, more no holds bar in the third round. I want the best talent at third round. I don't want reaches. I don't want to think of a position that I think I need. I want the best person available could be defensive tackle uh, in that as well. But yeah, I like Dewan Jones. I think that there's a, there is a good amount of talent there. I just don't know that I can make that. I can swing that knowing what I know about Spencer Brown and how much they like him. I got Dewan at like the 40th overall prospect. So it still feels like we talk about reaching on linebacker all the time. Um, why are we going to then reach on the next tier of tackle, especially if Wright's gone, you know, I, I, Harrison and Jones, I kind of feel like I I'm reaching. Cause those guys are like in the forties to me, Bergeron's like in the sixties with Duncan. So that's the round I want to play in personally. And even maybe even later. Cause I like, you know, I personally like guys like Ryan Hayes from Michigan, War, uh, Warren McClendon from Georgia, uh, Jackson Kirkland from Washington. I like some of those guys later on in this draft as players to put in the system and pipeline to develop as your final offensive tackle in, in the room and have ready. Then I do taking a premium asset just to make sure I replace Spencer Brown playing through back injury the entire season who probably shouldn't have been playing. So that's kind of how I have a wrap on the offensive tackle group. And I'm sure we'll talk more about OT and receiver in the coming shows, but another hot topic right now around Bill's land, defensive tackle and linebacker, more importantly, you know, everyone brings up four defensive tackles all on one year deals remaining at some point. You do need to put somebody in the system, but I like to say you're going to resign some of those guys. You are. You're going to be able to, to, to sign free agents in general next year. You're going to have another draft next year when this matters. We don't need – this isn't the years of needing to put somebody in the pipeline to not play. This team needs to win now. If you sign a defensive tackle or, excuse me, draft in the second, third, or fourth, they're not playing. 
those four guys make $4 million plus each. Jordan Phillips makes more than I thought. You know, they like to settle for a reason. They didn't just keep settled to give him four plus million guaranteed for no reason. They obviously like Oliver at this stage and, you know, everyone likes Jones. Um, so the world's got you feeling glazed over, sprinkle some love all around. Just climb your way up out of that hole and you'll be the taste of the town. Grab the one thing that everyone's loving And as it happens, they come by the dozen Everybody loves a donut Order a dozen from Dunkin' Reimagine this holiday season with more capability and more adventure in Kia's EverReady lineup This winter, gift yourself what you really want during Kia's Season of Giving Back sales event. Kia is offering great deals on the capable Sorento and the spacious Sportage, and deals on even more vehicles like the all-electric EV6 and the fun-to-drive Forte. So visit your local Kia dealer and explore all your newfound possibilities by enjoying Kia's Season of Giving Back. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Event ends 1-224. To me... I don't think that there's room for a defensive tackle this year. We we bashed Terrell Bernard for putting somebody in the pipeline, and then everyone's like, yeah, but defensive tackle. You're doing the same thing. So either you love the Bernard pick and you love putting him in the pipeline, or you don't, but then you're doing the same thing at defensive tackle. Unless they trade at Oliver, which is looking less and less likely to me right now. It could be used in draft day, uh, but for sure post-draft day, I do not see him, um, see him moving. Um, so... I think that defensive tackle is where it's at. And I'm not going to just utilize a, a defensive tackle draft choice right now because I need someone in the system or like Mozzie Smith, like sure. But that room is going to have someone inactive on game days. And we're paying a lot of money for one of those inactives, whether it's a high draft choice or it's $4 million plus that could have gone elsewhere. So I, this is the defensive tackle group. It is what it is. It's going to be Oliver. It's going to be Jones. It's going to be Phillips and it's going to be settle. That's the defensive tackle group. There'll be a late round draft choice there. I feel, I do feel good about that, but that's going to be the defensive tackle. Mike, I'm not really budging on at this stage unless Oliver moves, then the door opens back up. Um, linebacker though, that is the position of discussion. Everyone's trying to figure out where Jack Campbell is on their draft board, anywhere from 27th to 60s. Can we wait it out for, for Jack Campbell? If we lose him, there are other choices. Give me your rundown on the linebacker room and what you'll do. So first off, I, I, I want to say, I, I feel like people are talking about linebacker like it's the biggest thing in the world right now. And obviously the Bills lost Tremaine Edmonds, and it's an obvious hole on this defense and probably one of the easiest holes to spot on the entire team. But I don't think it's worth reaching still at this point. And, and the big reason why is do we really believe that whatever rookie they plug in at linebacker is going to be the, the make or break difference between this defense being elite this year or them being average? I don't, Kev. If they could have any of these guys uh, that are day, day one, day two picks in that linebacker, and it would not change my view of this defense one bit at all. You know what will impact my view, Kev? They have Micah Hyde back. They have a healthy Jordan Poyer. They have Taylor Rapp backing them up. Tim Graham wrote that uh, DeMar Hamlin is not far away from being medically cleared to return. The biggest thing will be mental hurdles for him and how he approaches coming back. 
You have Trey White, another year healthier. You have Benford, you have Elam, you have Dane Jackson battling for the 2-3 uh, corner spot. You have all-pro Matt Milano. You have defensive line with uh, healthy uh, Daquan Jones. You're going to get Von Miller back at some point. Do, do we really think that just a, a liability at linebacker is going to kill the entire team? I don't, Kev. And for that reason, I don't justify – taking a guy that might be the 50th, 60th prospect overall at 27 just because he fits a hole on the team. And I, I think that's what too many fans are, are looking at these draft uh, mock drafts right now. They're, they're trying to fill holes. Stop trying to fill holes. Fill the holes with guys that, uh, that fit. Draft for the best players available. And if you have a combination – of a guy that's great, has the value of where you're picking, and fits a need, all for it. But I don't think at this point Jack Campbell warrants being 27. If the Bills trade down and they have an early second-round pick, mid-second-round pick, I'm fine with that. Um, if they do take Jack Campbell at 27, I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to be upset. But in the end, they're not getting their value out of it. And I, I know some people are – will say, well, all that matters is plugging in the spots, getting the players that you covet. I, I just don't agree with that 100%, Kev. And there's a couple guys at linebacker they could target in this draft. Um, obviously, we talked about Campbell. There's Drew Sanders, uh, Trenton Simpson. Um, I there's, there's a couple different ways they can go. What, what makes – what I think is led to fans and people mocking Jack Campbell 27 overall is that – you see the need, and then you see this being one of the worst, a, a pretty poor linebacker class overall. So people feel like if they don't take them at 27, they risk not getting a linebacker that is starting caliber on this team. And then they're fearful, well, then the Bills will go into the season with Terrell Bernard or a Tyrell Dodson or someone like that. And I, I, I think it's easy for fans – to get all excited about the college prospect and think that that rookie is going to come in and automatically instantly be better than the guy that couldn't see the field last year for you or the guy that's been a backup for the last two, three years. But that's not the case, Kev. The, who knows what the Bills have in Terrell Bernard? He was worthy of being a third-round pick last year. We don't know what the team is seeing in practice from him on a weekly basis. For all we know... The Bills might not have made a linebacker move because they might think Terrell Bernard is the guy that's going to step up for them next year. For all we know, they might want to give Dodson more responsibilities going forward. I'm not saying I feel confident in that, but just because people are saying it's a hole, they need to address it, doesn't mean that Brandon Bean feels that, that same way. Now, I do think they will get a linebacker. I just don't think it needs to be in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So I don't. I believe that you don't need to draft linebacker um, that early. I think that you can play it in the second round. And to your point, if they miss out on Simpson, if they miss out on Sanders, if they miss out on Jack Campbell, well, yeah, maybe they're fine with their backup plan of Bernard and potentially Dodson. Maybe they have a veteran on the trade market. They would go down that that way if they they knew they didn't score one. Maybe there's one currently on in free agency that doesn't affect the compensation formula after May that they could entertain. 
So there's definitely, they're not done at the linebacker room. If they don't take one in the first round, to your point, you can wait it out in the second round, feel pretty good about getting another talent in the system and go from there. So I personally believe that linebacker is a second round target. If it goes a different way and they're all gone by the time they draft, they go out and get maybe to your tackle scenario. Maybe they take your tackle in that scenario. Maybe there's a high end tight end. They like there, maybe they put another defensive end in the system uh, to, to develop. And I just personally think that they need to be smart with the linebacker room and not force it. I don't think we need to force making up selecting a linebacker because everyone in the league thinks we need a linebacker. Well, have someone trade in front of us, take Jack Campbell at 26 and then another prospect falls to us, whatever. But I think that the bills are more than efficient and waiting for the linebacker room to come to them because it's the same thing that everybody is saying at the defensive tackle position that let's wait it out. Let's wait it out. Let's add another talented player to the room. Let's make sure, you know, we're good at defensive, but then we're not, but then we're passing on Bernard. I don't, I don't understand the philosophy structure there, Mike. And Kev, think about it like this too. And I, I think this point is getting really looked over and ignored. Why did Brandon Bean not bring in a free agent linebacker? If he truly believes it's as big of a hole as what this fan base believes it is. Why didn't he sign someone for security? Hell, like not that whoever you would sign would be an impact player, but you would think if you were worried about a weak draft class at linebacker where there's only two or three guys that might be starter capable year one, if you were so concerned about the draft class and you had a hole, you would sign someone. You would have found a way to make that a priority in free agency. The Bills didn't. That means whatever they're thinking is different than what the rest of us in the fan base are thinking regarding the position. Now, they could, they could I could be completely wrong. They could draft Jack Campbell at 27 overall. My entire uh, point here could be ripped to shreds. And maybe Jack Campbell was the guy all along, and they felt confident that they would be able – to get him at the end of the first round. And they were like, you know what? We can draft whatever second tier wide receiver in the second round. We can draft a tackle in the third, whatever. We can go that route. And if that's the belief, well, then it makes sense that they didn't sign a linebacker in free agency. But Brandon Bean has consistently shown throughout his time in Buffalo that he places an emphasis on value, whether that be trading back twice in the draft last year before eventually selecting James Cook because he knew James Cook was the guy he wanted, but he also wasn't going to accept picking him early in the second round when he knew this guy, that's not his value yet. We can trade down. We can, we can acquire assets and, and still draft this guy later on. So, like I said, Kev, I, I'm okay with some of these linebackers. Jack Campbell, I'd be excited about him joining the Bills. He, I, I do think he's going to be a quality player. There's a reason why fans are high on him, why most mock drafts are high on him. Um, but there are other guys. Drew Sanders um, transitioned to that job uh, recently, and he had a tremendous season um, in the SEC. Uh, uh, Trenton Simpson is a guy that you could maybe wait on a little bit longer and, and be able to take as well. So I we'll see how it plays out, Kev. But ultimately, I do think there's some signs that 
maybe Bean isn't isn't the same as what we all are on on the position, but it, it'll we'll see. We'll hear rumors. We'll hear uh, smoke throughout the next three weeks, and uh, one way or another, we'll get the answers. I like this point. We hear all the time about the Chiefs and their draft. I think that just as just. In, 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 in the Bills guys, they have all these players and a future for Kyrie Elam. They have a future plan for James Cook. They have Khalil Shakir, um, Terrell Bernard. I mean, there's a there's a world where three or four starters could be at their, in, in starting positions to start September. So just because they didn't need to get all these reps in against the, the Titans in week two doesn't mean that this draft class won't see some fruits of the labor um, that of what they put in. So they have four young players from that draft that they feel could be starters on day one. And we'll see how that looks and just really will really comes clear in three weeks to which one of those position groups they, as Bean says, they draft over. So I think that, you know, there's, there's going to be talk about trading back to takes two to tango. So if you're trading out of a position, there's got to be somebody coming up for a player they really love. Uh, the only time that ever happens. So when someone says, well, what if, what if the best player, there's a quarterback while well, you're trading out then that's the scenario where you trade out. There's the best player. There's a quarterback. He's worth value. You can get value. You leave the, you leave that draft draft slot. You know, you know, obviously a lot of people are like, well, then, you know, you would take a quarterback then if you draft true BPA, nah, you, you maximize the pick. If it's true BPA, that's a scenario you trade back. Though you don't just trade back, you know, you're, you're mismoshing, you know, all the tackles are gone. The four receivers are gone. Who's coming up? What are they coming up for a player? It's got to be a player you don't need. Where would that be? The bills could probably utilize a talented last player of the first round style of player at their position. I just don't necessarily see the value of leaving that first, uh, that fifth year option on the table to take a fourth round pick that same fourth round pick that being traded away to move up one slot to make sure that no one would trade in front of him for Kyer Elam. So I don't think that that's going to be enough to move back. You would have to have a drastic fallback to get a second or a third out of it uh, real, real far to get it, get a two, you know, middle forties to get a three. So really like I, it's possible if Jack Campbell, to your point, Mike is the guy that they're targeting, having two picks minimize it or maximize the chance of getting them. You know, you have one obviously in the fifties. And then if you have one in the early forties, you know, you're feeling pretty good about coming out of here with a linebacker and then maybe, you know, getting up that third round pick. Um, but I really like the fifth year option. I need a receiver in this draft. I don't want to keep saying, well, Mims is going to be, well, A, we don't know that where Mims is going to get picked. And second, like we're, we, we need to make sure that we maximize the receiver room right now. They've been clearly in on Hopkins. They've been clearly in on OBJ for four months. They've been sending their pro and, and, and largest scouts to these pro days and meeting with them multiple, multiple times. They're selecting a receiver and or trading for a prominent vet, but they're, they're, they're putting a receiver in this pipeline that isn't just waiting for the one guy out of the 10 to fall in the third round. I do believe they're going to come out with someone they perceive to be a really talented receiver and not the line of, oh, well, we are glad Gabe Davis ran slow so that we could take him in the fourth round. Yeah, and I, I'm with you, Kevin. Spin, I see a couple of your comments here, and I understand what you're saying. You you want a boundary speed guy with size, and believe me, we, we all would love more boundary speed guys with size. It's just That's not what this draft is providing right now, and I understand that you're probably saying in that scenario, well, then don't go add a wide receiver in the first round. I, I just don't completely agree with that logic right now. I think the biggest need on the Bills is improving the slot position overall. We saw 
Josh in the comfort zone when he had Cole Beasley on this team. He utilized the middle of the field. He had confidence on third down that Beasley was going to be where he was. And yes, Beasley was one of the best slot receivers in all of football, but there are smaller guys in this draft that can play that role. Josh Downs is very comparable uh, in certain regards of route running uh, as Beasley. I'm not saying he's Cole Beasley, but if you talk to people that, that watch Josh Downs play, they feel good about what he can bring to the table. A guy like Zay Flowers is elusive. Uh, just because he's small doesn't mean that he can't be great at this next level. Same with Jackson Smith and Jigba. We're talking about a guy at Ohio State who comes from one of the best wide receiver programs in college football who Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson said was the best of a bunch that involved them to Jameson Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. all at the same time. So, yeah, maybe a, a Jackson Smith and Jigba doesn't fall to uh, 27. But there is a chance that you will have uh, a guy like uh, like a Jordan Addison, a Zay Flowers, a Josh, John, uh, Josh Downs overall. And I'm not against any of those three uh, if they go to uh, the late part of the first round. Uh, we've talked about these other positions. Uh, you can say that Jordan Addison isn't an elite wide receiver prospect, but we all know he's a, a first round, late first round caliber player. He's not a reach at 27. Zay Flowers is not a reach at 27. Josh Downs may be a slight reach, but overall you're talking about a guy that will probably go early day two. Uh, at linebacker, really Jack Campbell is one of the few linebackers that you could somewhat justify, but he's all over the all over the board. There's some people that think Jack Campbell isn't even a, a top 60 overall prospect. Uh, so, yes, he's, he's good, and yes, we can tie the Iowa connection with McDermott liking those Midwest Iowa players, but the, the wide receivers we've been talking about are all expected to be drafted around where the bills are picking. The linebackers we're talking about outside of Buffalo are not getting mocked in the top 25 are not getting mocked in the top 30 are not getting mocked in the top 35. The linebackers are guys that are getting mocked 43, 47, 52, there's a difference between picking one of those guys at 27 compared to picking a wide receiver that is expected to go in that area. So, and, and when I look at this team, you look at, as we mentioned earlier, the wide receiver room. There's a lot of uncertainty there. That needs to be taken care of to help make sure that Josh has consistent weapons going forward. We, I mentioned this. I don't think the Bills are going to live or die depending on what they do at linebacker. What's the difference of Jack Campbell being at linebacker or Terrell Bernard starting day one? What's the difference on the team? Is it a, is it a huge difference? I don't know. I can't tell you that it's going to be a massive difference. I know that we've all fallen in love with uh, Jack Campbell, but how many of us are actually watching film and actually breaking down everything other than what other fans and other podcasts are saying? Uh Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Kev, you can allude to this. You can talk about this, but sometimes the best and worst thing about NFL draft talk and even these podcasts that we do is it becomes an echo chamber. We just start repeating the same stuff that everybody else is saying. And I, I feel like that's the case with Jack Campbell right now. I feel like if this was January 20th, right after the Bills got eliminated, and you were asked, if Tremaine Edmonds leaves, do you, do you think the Bills should draft a linebacker round one? I don't think anybody would have agreed with that at that moment in time, Kev. I don't think anybody would have agreed with it. But now here we are, uh, two and a half months later, and we've talked ourselves into the idea of drafting a linebacker in the first round. It, it doesn't make sense to me, Kev. And I, I will say, right tackle, is it a bigger need than wide receiver at the moment, Spin? I, I see your second comment here. You can make an argument that, yes, right tackle is our biggest weakness on the team. But we've answered the counter to that. They believe that Spencer Brown has untapped potential. He was playing hurt last year. They're not ready to give up on him. So, yes, while they could upgrade right tackle right now, they don't think that right tackle is the same problem that we all necessarily believe it is. They don't. So so if they believe that Spencer Brown still can be a good guy, a good player at right tackle, they're going to put their first-round assets – into a different position. So unless they think and are certain to themselves that they're going to move on from Spencer Brown and they're willing to put whoever they draft at 27 as their starting right tackle and give up on the Spencer Brown experiment and just have him be a swing tackle or the backup, well, then unless that happens, it's going to be a different position. I'm not saying it can't, but drafting a right tackle means you're moving on from Spencer Brown. Yeah, and – as long as you're consistent and when he goes and if he becomes an all pro for the Minnesota Vikings, I don't want to hear about trading him or the Hodgins. You can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways when you replace Hodgins because you wanted to keep Shakir on the roster rightfully. So, and do other things there, but can't have it both ways. We, we can't, we cannot continue to, to look at it from both sides of the coin and the difference between like Cody Ford and, and Spencer Brown. Cody Ford was on his third position. They had already known he wasn't a tackle. They tried him at left guard, sucked at it, couldn't play right guard either. They traded him. Uh, that was the right decision. But it's, it's different with Spencer Brown, who they, they perceive to be more athletic, who fits Aaron Cromer's style, who can combo block. He can pick up rushers of speed rushers. He couldn't, he couldn't backpedal at all last year with that back injury. He was stiff as a board, and it's, it's going to make anybody look bad. So I think that right now, as long as you're not going to, you know, if so like this is where this is where I like for myself, I'm going to disagree with someone like Spin who says we have a horrible track record at drafting the offensive line, drafting offensive lineman at 27, though. So um, those don't really go hand in hand like you're going to continue to. So they have a horrible track record, but yet you you think that they're going to get it right at right tackle with an early premium asset. I don't get the logic there um, at all. Like, I don't think they have that bad of a track record at all, the offensive line. I think that it's really in the forefront. We have some like, Hey, you went out like we did last year in the snow, but you have someone like Josh Allen who wants to create more time. They're in pass stats all the time. Their runs, their run at advanced analytics are really good. Uh, and in a lot of ways, their war wins above replacement, something that builds baseball teams. The Bills offensive line played better than the Chiefs. I'm sorry. It just is what it is advanced analytics wise. So I would say the Bills at some point, like. 
Yeah. I, I would say, Kev, I, last year they were bad. I, I, I would say they weren't good last year. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say they're the worst offensive line in the world, but I don't think overall last year they were good. But just because I don't believe they were good last year doesn't mean that I think they'll stink every year going forward. Uh, we've we've talked about some of the guys on this line. Ryan Bates, they that was an undrafted free agent where they they traded for and, and found a way to make a make him be a contributor on this team. They've brought Mitch Morse from KC. They drafted Deion Dawkins like. This offensive line is never going to be confused for being one of, and I, I know you're not being, I'm, I'm talking about in general spin right now. This offensive line is never going to be confused with being one of the best offensive lines in the league. But I don't think the key for this line is to be one of the best. It's be average, give Josh some protection and make sure that he's not having to run for his life every snap. And for the most part, before last year, I think they were okay. They were fine for the most part. I think last year was the first time in a while where they really became a huge concern. But there were some contributing factors to that. And Saffold just did not pan out. And they instantly recognized that and were like, goodbye. We're going to upgrade that. We're going to bring in a couple guys for competition. And Spencer Brown as we mentioned, he had the injuries. You're talking about a second-round guy that was a third-round pick that had a 10 Raz. So he, we know he's extremely athletic overall. But it, it, I'm not, I don't think it's fair to just expect a third-round uh, guy to come in and be an instant solid right tackle for you the first two years, especially when he's dealing with stuff off the field. So, yes, has he been bad? Yeah, Spencer Brown has been a bad football player through two years. Are the Bills willing to give up on him? No. They invested a third-round pick on him. They still think he can be something. So I think that's the problem. Sometimes people believe just because someone has been bad that they will always remain bad and that the team should just give up on them and take the upgrade. That's not what the Bills are going to – that's not how they're going to handle this. Cody Ford, as you said, Mm -hmm. they've tried. They've given him chance after chance, position after position – it wasn't getting better. It was getting worse. They cut ties. They move on. Spencer Brown has been battling. They know where he fits. They invested a third-round pick. He has the high upside athleticism. And we forget that part of being a coach is actually coaching up these players and developing them. If, it, if the coaches didn't develop these guys, if they didn't try to make them better players overall – well, then you wouldn't be drafting guys in the sixth round, seventh round, because you just would have no hope. How do the Bills get guys in the seventh round, sixth round, and they end up playing? Well, sometimes they hit a diamond in the rough, and then other times they find a guy that has a skill set. They coach him up to the point where they're ready to be a contributor. And I, I think this coaching staff, especially with Cromer, who is known for developing offensive linemen, want to give it another go, go at it. So – why don't I see them taking a, a right tackle? Because I don't think they're ready to give up at this point. Simple as that. People can disagree. They could say it's flawed logic. The Bills have too much faith in themselves. It is what it is. Yeah, and I think I think it's flawed logic the other way, though. You know, we don't draft tight tackle well. We don't draft offensive linemen, but, but go draft my guy in the first round because I said that it's going to make our offensive line better. 
Also, people love Shakir and think he's the next guy. And he was a fifth round pick that didn't do. He couldn't get on the field by all accounts last year. Like there was a reason, you know, you cut Hodgins. Where was Shakir before the playoffs? I don't know. You know, Spencer Brown is a third round pick and he started games and showed flashes. So at some point, like the same kind of thing with Terrell Bernard, where what exactly, you know, we're trying to draft defensive tackles to put them in the system, but all of a sudden Terrell Bernard's an awful pick. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's not, the logic isn't agreeable. It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't follow it. So either you like both defensive tackle and, and Terrell Bernard, or you don't like either. You don't want to put players in the cupboard, but you can't pick and choose where you're putting players in the cupboard. Um, so like everyone's thinking that Shakira as of right now is the starting slot receiver. If you go a different direction than receiver and he's a fifth round pick, he, you know, he showed some abilities did have a big drop needed to come down with that in Miami. That's probably a different game. If he, if he secures that pass. Um, but a guy you draft in the third round, 10 Raz athletic from a, from a, uh, from a school you trust in you and I, you, you know, you trusted his work ethic and what he can become. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. You're going to draft over him, but you're going to leave Khalil Shakir there. Uh, similarly, like you don't like Terrell Bernard. It just all doesn't work. It doesn't all come together for me. Yeah. And we know what the bills did last year. They draft and stored that. That's what their philosophy was last year with, with Bernard, which we people hated. And, and the thing is, because people confuse not seeing the field for bad being bad. And the truth of it is the Bills knew when they drafted Khalil Shakir, they knew when they drafted Terrell Bernard that they probably weren't going to see the field much last year. But they also believe that that was because they had a talented enough roster where they can take chances on guys that they liked, stash them on their roster, have them practice, learn on the bench, learn on the sidelines. And then eventually they'll have their role. While then we see Kansas City, which what makes the point difficult is Kansas City ends up winning the Super Bowl and the rookies did play a large role in that. So that that makes this point difficult. But it's Kansas a bl- City, all world player in the in yeah. the sport. Kansas City was in a position of need. They lost some. They lost several players last offseason. They had to replace them. So they had openings on their roster that rookies were forced into roles and credit to them when the time mattered late in the season they stepped up during the beginning of the season were some of those rookies playing a lot yes were they playing incredible no but sometimes we confuse playing and getting stats for being good and that's not always the case now in the future as the bills have more off seasons like this where they have to be smarter with the salary cap and they have to be better overall drafting Eventually, some of these rookies and draft picks are going to get more playing time because the Bills are going to have to make decisions regarding how they allocate the resources. But I'm with you, Kev. Just because some of these guys didn't play in the past doesn't mean that they're not able to step up or that they suck. Maybe they will suck, but it's too early to give up on some of these guys. Yeah, and the the, the, the argument is a third-round pick should be able to contribute but he's literally behind. So he was at a weak linebacker depth. So you put him in the cupboard for this scenario of losing Edmonds. He's behind two all pro starters. You run a nickel defense. You run a four, two, five. There's two starting linebackers and you're beneath two all pros who were fairly healthy for the year. And when he did play showed flashes, just as good as Leo Chanel did a guy in Kansas city who they just went out and signed a linebacker over. Everyone's like, well, why don't we draft Leo Chanel? 
So to me, like you put a guy in the cupboard to be able to play in scenarios and develop on this defense because they're going to be more multiple this year. Maybe Edmonds is replaced by Bernard, by Edmonds, or excuse me, by uh, Dodson and by Taylor Rapp in different scenarios. There might be a, a plan here that isn't just every snap that Edmonds got goes to Terrell Dodson. Maybe there's another rookie that comes in and has a, has, has a plan. They're going to be a little bit more multiple. They ran more base defense under McDermott than Leslie Frazier liked to run. They are more aggressive under McDermott than Leslie Frazier is. There's a lot of percentages that show they could be more multiple. They could be more aggressive. They could run three safety, big nickel, thick dime. They could run a lot of different things that are that are new. They could run just three defensive linemen, maybe have three linebackers. There's 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 a litany of of solutions here. And to think that that it was just Leslie Frazier's defense that is the same as Sean McDermott's. Nothing has showed us that other than it being his boss. Nothing has showed us that other than it's saying like my boss in, in any profession, my boss it does everything. My job, my boss doesn't do what I do in my day. So, you know, you know, you know, Eric and Greg and Aaron don't tell us how to run our show. So it's the same kind of thing where sure there's a structure, there's a style, there's a, a way you need to file. There's beliefs of an organization, there's some certain players that they like. Sure, that's true. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to go run the film room the same way that Eric does. It, it just doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that if I left that Eric would come on our show and run the Going Deep podcast, probably completely different. It's the same kind of idea or, your, or, or anybody else's day job. It's the same kind of idea to where, yes, there's going to be similarities, obviously, but it doesn't mean that rap is going to see not, they don't traditionally play three safeties. We might see it this year. Certainly rap decided to come and bet on himself on a one seven deal for a reason, not to ride the bench and hope someone gets hurt. Um, that's certainly not, or just play special teams. That's not why he came here. And I equally so think that there's plans in certain sub packages for Bernard in certain down and distances. I think there's their sub packages for, um, for Dodson. So, and maybe even for a rookie. So, Mike, that's kind of where I stand on this whole entire scenario. I want to keep the show kind of tuned in at an hour and 15 minutes today. I uh, really appreciate everybody tuning into this edition. We're going to do more draft topics and coverage next week. We're going to get into more offensive tackle. We're going to get into more linebacker. Talk about the defensive line because I want to get into it. Um, we'll probably do a little bit more prospect related, certain prospects we like. We'll leave receiver on the table for now because I think everyone knows how we feel internally about the Addisons of the world. And we'll kind of I'll focus back on receiver as we get a couple of days for before the draft. As Todd McShay just mocked Jordan Addison to the Bills, I think the growing scenarios here are that they're that very serious. Too. I do think that's very possible, and I think they could do it at 27 the way things are shaping up. The Bills are happier than ever that he didn't do knockout combine stuff like other people did because they do have a shot at him being the third or fourth receiver now and him getting their power slot that they're looking for. So I appreciate everybody tuning in here to the Going Deep Podcast and the Cover One Sports Network sponsored by Sons of Erie. Some cool things coming down the pipeline with Sons of Erie, so watch out for that on next week's edition. We're looking at a couple of cool events that will be going on in the Buffalo area that are that are really, really fun. Um, Mike, what do you got for us? Any closing statement? Yeah, closing statement. It's exciting time right now. We're looking at a Bills roster that has a lot more optimism right now than what we had for it three months ago. And I know that that's 
after free agency and going into the draft, and people could say that's when the blinders are on. But I look at the players that are healthy, that are going to be returning to this defense next year. I look at some of the, the offensive additions, how they're attacking everything. I see only two glaring weaknesses on this team right now, and that's right tackle, and that is linebacker. And uh, granted, I said that how they're going to address it uh, might not be necessarily the way most fans would do it. But uh, I think this team is in a spot to really be strong again next year and uh, be a contender. And uh, I'm excited to see what the, the final touches are uh, for the squad through the draft and can't wait to talk about it the next couple weeks. And that is it. That is a wrap on the going to pass. Please like, please subscribe, please five stars on Apple podcast is draft time. We're going to continue to bring you great content all off season long we're going to be doing a draft live draft show for sure so you know stay tuned for that but from the going deep podcast i'm kevin that's mike we'll catch you live right here seven o'clock next tuesday josh allen looking deep going deep To me talking about the bills what else would you rather be doing we're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the cover one network right now i just want to talk about this championship level i've never had a championship caliber team to talk about i want to focus more on the storylines each week what are the big stories going on with the bills what are uh thoughts commentary how do these things impact buffalo deep drop Deep throw, and it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone, and caught for a touchdown. Play action. Allen. Deep downfield, wide open. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.